Welcome to Reclaim Your Life with Kate, the podcast where we get rid of stress and overwhelm and reclaim your life. Come on, let me show you how. You're listening to episode number 14, the one where we learn about the manual. Hey, how are you? I hope you're having a great day. Uh, This week, we are talking about a concept that I call the manual. Okay, so I learned this concept from Brooke Castillo. Uh, She does a podcast through the Life Coach School. And I want to share with you how I interpreted this concept that she came up with and how I use it myself and share it with my clients. So the manual is this idea that we have basically this unwritten handbook for how humans should act and behave. So we have a manual for how other people should act and behave, and we have a manual for how we should act and behave. And we all have a manual, and it's similar to uh, the podcast that I did called The Map. It's similar to that idea that we come to this manual, right, these unwritten instructions of how to human. Uh, We come to this through our childhood, our messages, our experiences, everything that we've experienced, okay? The catch is that often this manual is unwritten. And what we tend to do is we attach all of this emotion and meaning to when people follow the manual or don't follow the manual. Okay. So I want you to think about, um, you know, it's about to be the time change where we uh, set the clocks back. And I want you to try to imagine changing the clock in your car without a manual, right? It's unwritten. You're just supposed to figure it out. Or you get a new piece of furniture and you're supposed to just put it together without the instructions. That's kind of what this is is doing when we have this, you know, instruction manual for how people should interact with us and behave, but we aren't communicating that or we aren't recognizing that. And so this is where it can really cause uh, stress and overwhelm for us is when we attach all of this meaning to whether people follow or don't follow this manual. We make it mean something about them or us. Okay, so I'm going to give you some examples of how this might show up, and then we'll talk about what to do about it. All right, so let's say that you put on a new outfit, right, and you're feeling really good in it. You feel really good in this outfit. You think it looks really great on you. You're feeling confident, and you go downstairs, and your partner doesn't say anything doesn't compliment you, doesn't know that you have something new on, doesn't say how nice you look, right? You could make this mean that they don't love you. uh, They aren't attracted to you anymore just because they didn't follow your manual, right? And so in section two, three B of your manual, it says that if you have a new outfit on, your partner needs to compliment you in order for that to mean that they're attracted to you and that they love you right? So because they didn't follow that manual, you make it mean that you don't look good. Even when before you felt really good in the outfit without anybody commenting on it, right? Uh, Let's do an example with kids. So I'll give you an example from mine. So my youngest is a picky eater. He's just always been that way. And I had it in my manual that if I did everything right and got him to eat something new or try something different or eat a certain amount of food, I made that mean that then I'm a good mom, right? So I did all the things. They tell you to let the kids pick out the groceries, let them pick what they want to to eat, uh, have them help cook it, um, put a preferred item on the plate with this new item, 
put it in muffin tins, cut it into different shapes, right? I tried all the things and he still wouldn't eat the food, right? And because the emotion and meaning that I attached to that was that I'm not a good mom because I couldn't get him to eat, right? I became so overwhelmed with emotion with it um, one night at dinner that I found myself trying to force feed him this food, whatever it was. Okay. And like mid shove of me trying to like force him to eat this food, I caught myself and was like, what are you doing? Like, this is ridiculous. But I really had to uh, think about what was happening underneath that. What story was I telling myself about him not eating? What was I making that mean? Okay. So that's just one example uh, that came out, has come up for me with kids. Another one, my oldest is a teenager. And when he comes home from school, he calls it his me time. He wants to just chill and just zone out and do his own thing. And he doesn't want to be, you know, having to do his homework and get ready for the next day and any of those things. And I could very easily try to force him to do that, right? Because I could make it mean in my manual that a good mom um, would be teaching him responsibility and doing, you know, your homework right away when you get home and getting it out of the way. And wouldn't it be so nice to have the rest of the evening to just do whatever you wanted, right? Because that's what I would do. I would come home and I would get the work done that I needed to right away. But that's not him. His manual is that he should have this time to himself when he gets home to just kind of unwind and settle down from the day. So I could either you know, try to force him to do and follow my manual, right? And get into these arguments, or I could just let him do it his way, knowing that he gets it done eventually in the evening and everything is is done and ready for the next day and it's fine, okay? So that's something though that could in the past really have been an issue um, before I kind of understood this concept of my manual and his manual, especially when manuals don't line up, right? Or let's say that you have a friend that, doesn't really text you back, right? Or she takes a long time to get back to you. And you can make that mean that they don't care about you or that they're mad at you, that you did something wrong. And you can kind of spiral in this story rather than just recognizing that in their manual, they'll get back to you when they can. And they don't make that mean anything, right? Um, So again, it's what meaning and emotions are you attaching to this person's behavior, And what are you making it mean when they don't follow your manual? Uh, Let's do one, an example from work. So let's say you have a coworker or a supervisor that uh, doesn't use exclamation points in their emails, right? And your manual is that if someone is, um, you know, being positive and um, liking the work that you're doing and respecting you as a colleague, that they would use emotion in their emails, right? Or they would write an email in a certain way. They wouldn't be short with it. And you make that mean that they're upset with you or that they don't think that you're doing a good job or that they don't respect you. Um, You can kind of get into that spiral where you see that they aren't following your manual. But instead, you want to recognize, oh, wait, this is my manual. And this is just them not following it because they don't even know that it exists. And just opening your mind to the possibility that they have a different manual and that that's okay. That doesn't have to mean anything about them or you, okay? So it's okay to have expectations, right? Of how other people interact with you. It's okay to know what you like and what you want and what you need. But the issue is that when we, um, you know, again, attach all of this meaning, create all these stories, we, 
you know, have it in our minds that if people would just follow the manual, then I would be happy, right? That's the big takeaway here is that we often think that if people would just do what the manual says, right? And remember, the manual is unwritten. Nobody even knows it exists. But if they would just follow the manual, then my life would be great and I would be happy, okay? And I have to share two hard truths with you that are gonna help you challenge this. The first truth is people can do and say whatever they want. And I know it sounds simple and you're sort of like, well, yeah, of course I understand that. But do we really understand that, right? Because we spend a lot of our time and energy and effort trying to do things that get people to act in a certain way, that get people to follow this manual. And if we can accept this truth, that other people can do and say whatever they want to do and say, it really does take that stress away of thinking that you can control or again, act in a way that gets them to do what you want them to do or uh, act in a way that you want them to act or say what you want them to say. So that's our first hard truth. The second hard truth to accept is that other people can't make you happy, right? So, you know, this belief that if they would follow the manual that you will be happy really isn't true. We are aligned to ourselves when we think that, okay? We create our own happiness through our thoughts, right? Our thoughts create our feelings, our thoughts about different situations and circumstances and how someone behaves or what someone says. That's what's going to create happiness or any of the other feelings that we might have. Okay. So if we can accept those two hard truths, we can really get away from this expectation that people follow this manual. And what that does is it gets you to a place of choice, right? It's where you can check in with yourself and say, all right, my friend didn't text me back. I'm not going to make that mean anything. I have the choice now. I can either communicate to that friend that I really would appreciate a response or just an acknowledgement that they received the text or that they're going to get back to me later. Or you can just decide, I'm just going to let them be and do and follow their own manual. And I'm not going to make it mean anything about me. And that's fine. I just know that this is a friend that doesn't, isn't going to get back to me right away. And it's okay. I don't have to create this story around it. And that goes for all of our other examples, right? The, the new outfit that you felt good in. You felt good in it. Why do you need anyone else's recognition or acknowledgement or compliment to make that true? That can just be true. And then if someone on top of you feeling good in it compliments you or comments or your partner says how nice you look, that's like a bonus. That's just like an extra uh, good thing that happened on top of you already feeling good in the outfit. Okay, same thing with our kids. This really comes up with kids, right? Because that is our role is to you know, teach them expectations and encourage them to have certain behaviors and act in a certain way, right? That's part of our job. But at the end of the day, our kids can do and say whatever they want, and they have their own manuals that often don't match up with us, okay? So again, recognizing what your manual is and that you have one, recognizing that other people have their own manual that isn't necessarily going to match up with yours, recognizing those two things, and then accepting that that's okay, And that that doesn't have to mean anything about you or about them. And it puts you in this place of choice, like I said, where you can sit back and like um, and think that, you know, I'm going to communicate an expectation or a need or something that I want them to understand. I'm going to communicate that they can then choose to do that thing or not do that thing. And then I can come from a place of how I how I want to respond to that. 
but you get out of the spiral of making it mean all of these things about you and them and all of those feelings that come with that. Okay, so that's our concept for this week. Uh, it's the manual. It's understanding that we all have one and it is created through our experiences, our messages, um, things that we've been told, how we were raised, just society's expectations. All of those things create these unwritten manuals for each and every one of us and understanding that people's manuals can be different and it doesn't have to mean anything. And then I think it's a great idea to really check in about, you know, what your manual is. What are my expectations? What does it mean to be a good friend? What does it mean to be a good mom? Ask yourselves those questions, right? And, and trying to avoid making it these, you know, hard, fast things that if, if A, B, and C happen, then that means that I'm a good mom, right? Rather than just saying to yourself, I'm a really good mom. I'm a really good friend. I'm a good coworker. I'm good at my job, right? Do you see how the, the story that we often create about these manuals limits us from actually seeing that and seeing that we, um, you know, are good in our different roles and we don't need other people's validation or comments or certain behaviors out of them for those positive things to be true. All right. So I hope this was helpful. Um, you know, I'd love to hear from you. So email me at kateoroarkcoach at gmail.com or send me a message on Instagram or TikTok. Let me know how this landed with you. Uh, if you can, you know, see how maybe your manual is, uh, your expectations that are in your manual, how that may be showing up for you and how it's showing up with how you're interacting with other people that you are in relationships with and family and coworkers and all that. I would love to hear from you. And I hope you have a great week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Kate again. If what we talk about here on the podcast resonates with you, you will love my three ways to get rid of overwhelm guide. I've put together my top three favorite tools to get rid of stress and overwhelm today. You can start doing them as soon as you download it. It's super easy. Just go to reclaimwithkate.com forward slash get rid of overwhelm. No spaces. Again, that's reclaimwithkate.com forward slash get rid of overwhelm. And I'll also put the link in the show notes. I can't wait to hear how this helps you. Talk soon.